0: Hey, um, we, we mentioned a few weeks ago that we have a guy in our church that he teaches um, people in, in the, um, he, he educates in the prison system. And one of the things is a church that we, if, you, if you've been in our church for a while, you know, we like to give and we like to serve and we like to, we like to pour into places where nobody else is going. We want to help in those places. And so one of the things that we committed to um, last week, uh, my friend called me and goes, hey, we, we're going to, our, our kids are graduating And um, I said, awesome, you know, how many kids are graduating? There's 15 kids that are graduating from this program in the prison. If they graduate with this degree or they graduate with this certificate, they can go out and get a job. And if you know anything about the the, the Department of Corrections, people that are in the Department of Correction, if they don't have a job when they come out, their likelihood of going back into the place they came out of is, is very likely. And so one of the things that we committed to is that we want to make sure we get them a graduation gift. I said, we want to make sure the graduation gift is useful. And so the graduation note gift that we got them was gift cards to go out and buy brand new tools at the Home Depot. And you guys did that. And so Friday was the graduation. We had 15 kids graduate. That, that, they're not kids. They're adults that graduated that program. And this morning the guy that teaches in there, he came up to me and goes, hey, we got you a gift. The prisoners, the, the guys, with the inmates that are getting out, they graduated, they made this for us. And this is so cool. They signed this. So this is you guys. So give yourselves a big hand, a round of applause. Yeah. <clears throat> You're like, i never clapped for myself to give somebody a gift, but you guys did this. It made a difference. And um, I, I, mean, I go to Rotary every week. If you don't know think about Rotary, they're helping people. Um, Rotary is a, is a, is a local um, organization that help in the community. And my, I have a name tag when I go to, when I go to Rotary. My, at the Rotary, my name tag is Hope Dealer. It's Hope Dealer. And so people are like, yo, that is so fresh. That is so fresh. And so, you know, you can. Uh, you guys heard me say this. You can go so long without food. You can go so long without water. You can go so long um, without, without um, oxygen, but you can't go a second without hope. And um, hope is not a, why it's the name of our church, Jesus is the hope that lies within us. And we're so thankful. We're so, I'm thankful for you guys because of your generosity. We're able to do a lot of things that are like that. Hey, what I've learned is this in the, last, in the last few years of being a pastor, four years. And I started back in 2000 and I started back in 2004 of being a pastor. So it's been a little, a little around 15 years. And what I've learned is this. That what the world has to offer doesn't work forever; it only works temporary. That's just what I've learned. You're like, we well, you haven't learned that much. Well, that, that's helpful. Here's what I've learned: it, what the world has to offer, it doesn't last. It doesn't last forever. It's it's a very temporary. Temporary means I, I can exa- I can give you an example. Like I bought a house, um, my first house I bought it was old, and we had to get a home warranty. Because it was just, oh, like things were breaking like on a regular basis. Like I didn't know when you bought a, I thought when you bought a house, you were good to go. When you bought a house, you sign up to fix things. That's what you signed up for. So I bought a house and we moved to, we moved from Jacksonville to Orlando. We bought a house. And we, once we got the house, we found out that we had more problems. We did the warranty. I moved to this side of town to launch the church. I'm like, I'm buying me a new house, a newer house. The church, the house that we bought here, out here was, was less than 10 years old. I moved into the house day one, I had problems. I mean, it just, it was like, I I was so excited. Like one of our, one of our, we have twins and one of them just yanked the cabinet off the thing. Like these kids are just savages. They're like basically like, it's basically like living with animals, you know, like they just yanked it, yanked the thing off. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot, I cannot believe this. And so when you, when you look at the world, what the world has to offer, a lot of times what we find is that if we buy something, it'll make us happy. If we go out and get something that will make us happy, and if you buy anything, you realize it the newness, once the newness wears off, you're not happy anymore. The world says, hey, get into relationships, get into relationships, get into relationships. Relationships will help you, relationships will help you, relationships will help you. What you find out today in America is that everyone's lonely. But the world says, hey, get into relationships, get into relationships, but people are in relationships, and yet they're still, they're still lonely, you know. And, and, you know, get more stuff, get more stuff, get more stuff, get more stuff. I remember when we first got married, we were in love, and we were going into debt together, and it was awesome. You know, I just, and the world says, hey, you get more stuff, get more stuff, get more stuff. And the way that the world gives you an opportunity to get more stuff is they give you a thing called a credit card. So you can go out and get more stuff. What happens is you go, get, go out and get more stuff, you find out what? That stuff doesn't make you happy. I love what Jim Carrey said. He says, I wish everybody could be rich so they could find out that money won't make you happy. What the world has to offer, we, we see that it doesn't, it doesn't work. What's perplexed my mind, I'm an ADD preacher, if you're kind of new to us, and like things that are probably really simple, they, they blow my mind. What blows my mind is this that people are still writing, Self-help books. Why, don't, why haven't they figured out how to help everybody out yet by now? like Humanity has been around for thousands of years and people are still writing self-help books. January is going to come here. We're 100 days out. And people are going to be buying self-help books at the beginning of New Year so they can have a better you in 2020. What I would like to suggest to you today is that what the world has to offer, it doesn't always work. I, I see that all the time. I'm with people every single week. People say, what do you do all week? I say, I meet with people. I love humanity. And what I try to introduce them is a new way of living. And what I would suggest to you today or what I would, what I would, would beg you to, to, to buy into for a few moments today, and maybe you would search it out yourself and figure it out. I don't want to tell you what to believe. But I do want you to think about is this, that the, the, what the Bible has to offer can actually help your life. It can help your life. You actually can, you can go further. There's things in this book. This book talks about your finances. It talks about relationships. It talks about your mental health and your emotional health. All the things that we're out searching, we're out Googling, God has in here. I was listening to a friend of mine recently. I think what the world has to offer, you can learn from the world. But this has to, th- there's a tension that we have where we have to go into the world, but we also have to take this book with us when we go into the world. Does that make sense today? If you're going to go in the world, you've got to take something with you that can help you navigate through the world. So here's what I would suggest to you today. I, I picked up this book. It's a great book. And, I, and I don't, I'm not against this book. You can go out and buy it. It would be foolish of me to tell you not to buy it because... I went out and bought it. <laughs> that would be kind of foolish. But if you have an Amazon account, you can buy it right now while I'm preaching. If I get bored, the five regrets of the dying. My wife got the book. She's like, are you planning on dying soon? I'm like, wouldn't you like that? <laughs> you look good get it. Wouldn't you like me out of your hair, you know? Like 15 years. You're stuck with me. <clears throat> you can go out and buy this book. And what I would suggest to you today is that there's people that are still writing books today. And there's a book that's been written for a long time and it fits in with your life. For example, the very first thing in this book, this book says, "Here's here's the five regrets. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. Most people that I meet with, they're trying to live out the life that someone told them they were supposed to go out and live. But that's not that's not a stretch." Travis and I talk about that a lot. He, he's with the, him, and, uh, him and his wife. They, they have a, a big company, and they have a lot of personalities that they work with. And maybe you work at, at, a, at a company, and I sit with business leaders all that. Most people that we sit with that we're trying to help, we're trying to help them figure out who they are. There's two important days of your life, the day you're born and the day you figure out why. And so uh, this, is not, this is good. This is, this is great. I, I, I'm totally down with this. But the Bible says that you have to know who you are. The last two weeks, I've had a discouraging two weeks in a row. Like the enemy, the enemy can't defeat me, but he can discourage me and he can distract me. But did you know that this Bible in here, it talks about this. My friends are texting me stuff like this. My, my mentor, he said, you have to remember who you are and whose you are. Well, the Bible tells me who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a slave. I don't have to buy a book to tell me that I need to live who I'm supposed to be because the Bible tells me who I'm supposed to be. I'm so thankful for that. The second thing it talks about is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And, and, and you ought to work hard. I'm for working hard. I think you ought to work hard. I think there's the, one of the biggest problems in America today is laziness. And you ought to work hard and you got to work hard. I believe in working hard. You got to work hard. But I believe this. You ought to rest hard also. What, I mean, I'd be foolish if you worked really, really, really hard. You got to the end of your life and all you did was had a big fat bank account. Work hard but play hard. But only just play hard. But you ought to rest hard you got to rest hard. And I'm preaching to myself. I can get so busy in this thing that I forget to take a break. I had lunch with a friend of mine. He's like, how are do you, how, how you doing at the rest thing? I'm like, mind your own business. <laughs> That's code for I'm not doing great. I'm trying. How are you at the rest thing? Because the resting, the Bible says you're supposed to work hard. The Bible actually says if you don't work, you don't eat. you got to rest, though. I mean, the Bible, there's a thing. It's, there's, there's a reason why God put the word Sabbath in the Bible. Like, you you got to be resting on the seventh day. Some of you guys are working really, really, really hard, and you're working yourself into the into the grave. The third thing is this. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. No, I, think, I think you ought to do that. I think that's a, that's a good thing. I think you have, to, you have to know how to manage your feelings. The Bible talks about managing your feelings. I meet most people, and they're having a hard time trying to figure out how to manage their feelings. Do you not, are you good at that? Is that hard for you? Is that a struggle for you? The Bible tells you how to manage those things. Feelings are okay. I kind of grew up in my house. I don't, my, my dad's here and. I always have to navigate my stories because my parents come to my church. Like, it's hard to talk bad about your parents when they're on the front row. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Like, this guy is smart, you know? And, and I, I grew I was, I was, I was, I said, I sat with a counselor. I think every pastor should have pastors, and you have, you know, I'm recommending counseling to you. I, I was with my counselor this week, and, um, and I was talking to them about feelings. I was like, oh, wow, we don't, I don't have feelings. In my house, we, we grew up with suck it up. That's like, you can have feelings or you can suck it up. I just sucked it up. <laughs> so I get done with counseling this week, and, you're like, why is he in counseling? I think, I, I think I'm in counseling now because, so I can share it with you guys how awesome it is. So I get through, I'm like, what's my homework? He goes, no homework. I said, really? He goes, next week I just want to talk about your family some more. I'm like, are you writing a Netflix movie? Because you're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> the stuff I got this year, you're going to love it. You've got to figure out how to talk about your feelings. I'm, I'm not against that. This isn't bad, but I think that the Bible tells you how to navigate your feelings, how to, how to be emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, mentally healthy. I think the Bible, the Bible helps you navigate through that. And then here's this, the fifth one thing, I, I, the fourth thing. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. The Bible said you need good people in your life. This book, I mean, this guy wrote this a few years ago. This book says you need quality people in your life. You got quality people in your life? If you don't, you need to get some. Get in a group. We have one of our ladies that goes to church here. She's in four community groups. We put her on a community group diet. <laughs> We're like, you can't, you 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 know, you reach max max capacity. And then number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Well, the Bible doesn't talk about happiness, but it does talk about joy. And what I would suggest to you is that joy is better than happiness because happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. I want to get ready for heaven. And if I'm going to be joy in heaven, I want to have joy on earth. Joy is an, there's an acronym for joy. It's Jesus first, others second, and you last. I think this is not bad. you got to go out and buy it. But I think this Bible right here would tell you the things that are in this book. And these things, it's going to last, last forever. We believe in our church, this is us. We believe this is us. We're in a series called This Is Us. We have, a, we have a mission statement. We have a vision statement. We have a hope culture. If you're new to our church, we want to let you know that our mission is to love all people at all times and all places. The Bible says this. If you want it, we will know if you're a Jesus follower. We'll know if you're a Christian by the way that you love people. My question for you today is how well do you love people? You might come here today and you say, I'm, might not, you might not come back again. You might not come back next week. But you can take our mission statement. Everywhere you go, I believe this the world's looking for people who are going to love them. That what love's a game changer. How well you love people? The Bible says that we're supposed to love people. The Bible tells us we will know if you're a Christian by not whether or not you rave your Bible, not whether or not you take a sign down at Church Street Station and say, turn or burn. That doesn't tell people that you're a Christian. What tells people you're a Christian by the way that you love people. How well are you loving people? I told you guys I prayed whenever the, 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 pulse, the pulse thing happened. I met a good friend of mine and, um, and, I, and I went and prayed for, for, the, for those victims and They couldn't find a pastor to go and pray. They stumbled across me. I was like, Yeah, I'll go pray. Anytime I get a chance to talk to God, I'd love to go and pray. I love all people. If Jesus didn't have a stereotype of people or a typical person or a demographic people to lie, if Jesus didn't segregate his love, why would I do that? We're called to love people. That's where we that's what we do. That's from the Bible. So our mission is from the Bible. We also have a vision. Our vision is for people to know God. We want you to know who God is. People that know God, they want other people to know who God is. We want you to find freedom. We'd love for you to be free emotionally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically. We want you to have freedom. God wants you to have freedom. One of the things I'm committed to at the church is to offering you all the things that God wants to offer you. I don't have to give you what I want to give you. I don't have to give you a label. I don't have to give you to be this. I want you to, to take what God has for you. He wants you to have freedom. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be free. Freedom's awesome. I had this dream. I had a, I had a really weird dream last night um, where I was, like, like, trapped. Like, I couldn't. Couldn't. And the good news was it was just the sheets were wrapped around me really tight, but I was like, I was trapped. Being tied up is miserable. God designed you to be free. You can have freedom. Who wouldn't want that? I was talking to a friend of mine. I was explaining the gospel to him. I'm like, bro, you need to get saved. He's like, well, why? I said, because you can have freedom. You're living in bondage right now, and you weren't designed to live in bondage. You're a, you're a better son than you are a slave. But I mean, so many people that are living in, in slavery, modern-day slavery, you don't have to be a slave to your thoughts, to your mind. You can be free. Here's the third thing. You need to discover your purpose. You should discover your purpose. You need to know why, you, you need to know why you're here. What? I don't know anybody who doesn't want to know that. God can offer you that. And then the last thing I want to talk to you guys today about is make a difference. I don't know anybody who has the ability to make a difference that doesn't want to go out and make a difference. And in this room here, today, you guys all have the ability to go out and make a difference. You all have the ability to go out and make a difference. And it can be bigger. It can be small. Yesterday I went and saw one of our, one of our young girls play volleyball. That's making a difference. Parents can be, man, thank you so much. I'm like, that's what I do. It makes a difference. That, that makes a, a huge difference. One of our, one of our, our children's directors, uh, Chase and, and, and Michelle, they took Gatorades to their cheerleaders at the cheerleaders at the football game. That makes a difference. That's a, that's a little thing. I'm trying to make a difference. I go the same Duncan every single Sunday morning. I'm trying to reach Jalen. You know what Jalen said to me yesterday? I talked, to her, I talked about her last week to you guys. I love Jalen. Last week she had a, she had a situation happen, and, and this week she said, hey, I got my coffee. I go to pull out, and she goes, hey, Wes. I go, what's up? She goes, pray for me, and I was like, I've been praying for you. you about to get saved, you know, like you're going to meet Jesus. I've been praying for you. The first day I met you, I, I've been praying for you, but I, I want to make a difference wherever I go. You can make a difference wherever you go. I walked into a restaurant this week, and I hadn't seen a man that I hadn't seen in a long time. He gave me a big old hug. He just started crying. He said, man, I missed you, man. I said, are you okay? He goes, no, I'm not doing okay. He's just crying on me, grown man, crying. I was like, get off me. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, suck it up, and here's my counter's phone number. You know, <laughs> like, suck it up, you little baby. <laughs> like, "Don't men don't cry. That's why I grew up here. Men don't cry. And you can go out and make a difference. Uh, my friend Diego is in the back. He has an incredible Cuban restaurant. Die and I walked into that Cuban restaurant the other day, and he said, it's on me. That made a difference in my life and in my belly. You can make a difference. I was like, you don't know me. If you offer me free, I'm like, I'll have just the whole menu. Just, I got tostones. I mean, I was living my best life. You know, I got all the things. If I can't say it, like, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting that. That's what I want. You can, make, you can make a difference wherever you go. Everywhere you go, you can make a difference. And I want that for you. God wants you to make a difference. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, there's a story about making a difference. Verse 1, the Bible says, Paul and Silas... Paul had a squad everywhere go, he go. everywhere he went, he had some people that he was running with. And Paul and Silas they traveled through the towns of Amphipolis and Apollonia, and he came to Thessalonica. Later, they started a church in this place called Thessalonica. This, the book of the Bible is called Thessalonians. He wrote it to those people. Everywhere Paul went, he was starting home groups. He was, we call them community groups where we serve food and we serve Jesus. I mean, that's a, why wouldn't anyone want to be in that? You know what I'm saying? Like our groups are all packed. They have ten plus people in them. We got fifteen groups and. We're trying to make room for more people because we want people to be full physically and want people to be full spiritually. Because that's what Jesus wants for us to do. Paul had that. Everywhere he went, he was making a difference. And he was bringing people along. Because people who God's made a difference in their life, they want to help make a difference in other people's life. That's, that's the byproduct. If God's made a difference in you, you want to help more people. So he says here, they're running around. They're in Thessalonica. And, and they walk into church. And as Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue to go to church. And he was there for three Sabbaths in a row, and he used the scriptures to reason with the people. For three weeks, he's preaching the gospel. He's using the Bible. Because these Jewish people, they believe that Jesus was a good man, but they, the whole resurrection thing, they're like, I don't really know if we have to do that. We're, we're just going to follow the law. Like, we're just going to do all the sacraments and do all the things, all the Jewish customs that they're not bad. He goes, but they're, they're not bad, but we, Jesus, Jesus came. He gives us a new system. The new system is called grace. He dies on the cross for all the sins of humanity. And he did it for everyone. He didn't segregate who he died for or discriminate who he died for. He did it for the whole world, all people, all times, all places. That's what Jesus came to do. And I love that. He didn't pick and choose. God didn't pick and choose. He so, so Paul's there, and he's preaching the good news. He goes, hey, guys, this Jesus I'm telling you about, he's the Messiah. Verse 4, some of the Jews who listened were persuaded, and they joined Paul and Silas along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women, because if you want anything done right, you got to involve women. That's what this says. Don't get mad at me, guys. That's what the Bible. I'm just preaching the Bible. So he goes, "Hey, we're trying to start a movement called the church, and we need some ladies to help us." And people were joining. Some other people they were joining in the process because people who God's made a difference in their life, they want to go out and make a difference. So it's Paul and Silas. They got a few people jumped on to, on board. They built a dream team. Like they were going to go on. They were going to con- They were going to make sure that they were going to make sure that everyone knew about this Jesus thing. They also knew this. They were charged. And these are the kind of people, they weren't afraid to charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, these guys were gangsters for Jesus. They were going hard for Jesus. They had to. They knew this was what God's been telling me recently. Hell is real, and so is heaven. There's a lot of churches out there. They'll tell you about heaven, and we'll talk about heaven, but we don't talk about hell. And there's a balance. There's a tension that you've got to talk about. Both of them, But hell is real, and so is heaven. And Paul's like, I want to make sure these people don't have an eternity in in hell. I want to make sure they get Jesus so they can know God and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I want them to get all that God has for them. He was passionate about it. Like, I may or may not be passionate about it today. Like, I want to make sure people are free. No one deserves to walk around in chains and in bondage. No one should have to live a life like that. That's not how you were designed to make. Jesus said that God made you in his image. But because we were sinners, we, we have to figure out how to find the freedom. It comes through Jesus and finding freedom through groups and people and helping us get better along the way. I'm in a group of Bible, I'm in, I'm in a men's Bible study on Tuesday night and two, Wednesday morning. and it's just, it's just men trying to figure out how to find freedom, trying to follow Jesus, how, how, to, how to make a difference and how to help other guys discover their purpose. It's awesome. So we, we all can do that. So they're they're in there, and he's preaching the gospel. He's giving the good news. And people are like, yo, we're in, we're in, we're in. Yeah, we're buying it. We're selling it. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. We're doing all the things. Verse 5. Some of the Jews got jealous, so they gather some troublemakers. By the way, this isn't a secret to anybody. If you do good, people will talk about you. If you do bad, people will talk about you. You get to choose whether they're going to talk about you. That's helpful, right? She's like, this guy's practical. Like, they're going to talk about you no matter what. These guys are sharing the good news, and they got haters. My aunt, I was telling my aunt a few weeks ago, she was, here, I was like, I am so discouraged that, that I had this thing happen, this thing happen. And she's like, you know, Wes, she's so nice. She's like, you know, Wes, if you do good, there's going to be haters, you know, just proper, you're just going to be haters, you know. And I'm like, do you listen to my sermons? You know, like, I know that, but I forget that sometimes. The, the further, the higher you go, the more targets you're going to have. God told me this this week, the high road is really high. <laughs> it's really high. Like, I just want to retaliate. Also, God also told me this, that I don't have to go fight every battle. I don't have to go and entertain it. I just don't have to. If you live by this is just free extra stuff. If you live by social media, be careful because you can also die by social media. I'm trapped to that. People hijack my posts. I'm like, where would you come from? Like, where have you been at? Like, I don't even know you. Like, how would you get, my, how'd you get my, my handle? Who gave you my handle? What's a handle? Some of you guys are thinking. If you do good, people are going to talk about you. If you do bad, people are going to talk about you. You choose why they're going to talk about you. So they got jealous. They gathered some from troublemakers from the market. They formed a mob, started a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas because they knew that Paul and Silas were friends with Jason. So they could drag them out into the crowd. Verse 6, not finding them there, they dragged out Jason instead. And they came... And some of the other believers, instead they took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world. And they shouted. I love this verse. Let me go back. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all around the world, they shouted. And now they are disturbing our city too. The Bible uses, there's a version of the Bible that was translated. The Bible translated from Greek and Hebrew, if you didn't know that. And the first English translation was in 1611 by King James. That's why it's called the King James Translation Bible. Because he had the money, the resources, the ability, he was able to translate the Greek and the Hebrew into what we have as the, the 1611 King James Version Bible. And so when there's another, this tri- the 1611 King James Version Bible says that these are the men and women who turned the world upside down for Jesus. I don't know about you in here today, but when I read verses like that, I get excited. I want to, I, I've always said this, if there's going to be another Bible, I want to be in it. And I want to be known as the guy, man, Wes turned the world upside down for Jesus. Man, Winter Garden was different because of, because of Jesus. There's some men and women in my life that they, they got me to where I'm at today. They're the reason why I started Hope Church. And I want to be able to say, because of their investment in me, I went to Winter Garden and I turned Winter Garden upside down for Jesus. I want to make sure we stop hell. I want to be. I want to be. The Bible talks about the thing called a gatekeeper. I want to be a gatekeeper. I want to be at the. I want. I want God to post me up right on the on the outside of hell and make sure no one gets to go in there because Jesus loves them. He's got a plan for life. I want to turn the world upside down for Christ. Does anybody else want to? Like, just maybe you do. Maybe you don't want to. There's a, I met a young. I met a young man today. He drove. He drove to our church today from Winter Springs. I just believe there's some people in here today that God sent you here to let you know you can make a difference. And if God were to write scripture again, some of you guys, there, your name would be in it because you're gonna turn the world upside down for Jesus. I wanna let you know in this room and also today, every single one of you guys, you're invited to be on this dream team. You can be a part of this thing. We're gonna change the world. You can set chairs up for the name, of, the name of Jesus. You can roll out this floor, put up pipe and drape. You can give, you can serve, you can love all in the name of Jesus. And if God writes your story, when God, God is writing your story, you can be known as a guy that made a difference. You can be known as a girl who made a difference. We ain't in the Bible days no more either, ladies. Some of you guys in your day, you ladies, you can rise up and you be a leader in this church. Women weren't allowed to read the Bible, so they couldn't preach the Bible. They had to get information from somebody else. Jesus like, I'm going to down the cross for our sins, and I'm going to end that garbage. Women treat like second-class citizens. You, you can do that. Guys in here today, some of you guys in your day, women are, women are running rampant in our churches in America today. You guys, if you're a man in here today, you have an opportunity to be a leader in this church. You can be a leader in your house. You can be a leader in your home. You don't have to, be, you don't have to go with the flow, men. I mean, I mean, too many men are just willing to just go with the flow. Look, guys, like, man, you're being hard on us today. They want They want to marry a leader. They, 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 want to, they want to date a leader. Be a leader. Make a difference. That's hot. That's attractive. You make a difference, that's hot. Man, the way you put that chair up. Shoot. Oh, God. Guys, and if you... Listen, I'm helping you out right now. Some of you guys in your day, the ladies are picking up one chair. Pick up, when we dismiss in 15 minutes, pick up two chairs. Come to church, roll your sleeve up a little bit and carry two slaves. Like, yo, that guy, he loves Jesus. That's hot. Just saying. And if you see a guy next to you and he's got two chairs, then you get three chairs. That's practical advice for free. They want to, they want to be around, guys, ladies, they want to be around a leader. Everyone has an opportunity. If you have a pulse here that you have an opportunity to be a leader. Be a leader. Making a difference is leadership. Jesus said this. The, the, I, I, it's not about the first. It's about the last. It's about the servant. It's about being a servant. It's about being an adult. It's about having the faith of a child. We got kids in our church that are leading. It's going to cost me five bucks, but my stinking son, he's like, he goes to, he goes to the 9 a.m. service, He's, I just saw him in the lobby. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to help tear down. He wants to serve in second service. He goes to the first 9 a.m. so he can serve in the second service. He's making a difference. You can make a difference. You don't got to be a certain age to make a difference. Everyone in this room here your day can make a difference. There are people that need you to go out and make a difference because their attorney's at stake. I'm not going to sit in my room and say, well, they might, hopefully they're going to. Hopefully they'll make a difference. I'm gonna go out and make a difference and whoever wants to come along can come along. I wanna make a difference. Jamal came to me and goes, man, thanks a lot for giving us an opportunity to come and serve. I'm like, could you say that again? (laughs) Thanks a lot for the opportunity to come and serve. You get an opportunity. You're welcome. We get to, when when you give today, You get, you're welcome. You get an opportunity to be like Jesus. When you serve today, you're welcome. You get an opportunity to be like Jesus. When you go out to the restaurant saying you love people, you get, that's making a difference. And by the way, it doesn't take that much to make a difference. For some of you guys here today, your next step could be leaving a fat tip at the restaurant you go to next week after church. I get, listen, people are watching you. The world is looking for people that are gonna go out and make a difference. That's what they're waiting on. The world is in dire need of someone to go out and make a difference. That's what that's what they're looking for. I get I'm I'm on the Instagram for the Hope Church page and with a couple other people and someone um, someone's someone posted their their check from the from the restaurant and next to it the person from our church left an invite card and they gave a good tip. That's making a difference. We had a lady come last week, she came back again this week, she found a thing called a connect card that you 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 got when you came in Derek mentioned it and on the connect card she goes I was invited by Jenny did you know it cost you no effort to invite someone to church but they can their life can be changed because of a little piece of paper a little three by five invite card their life can be changed they can spend an attorney in a heaven because you decided to invite someone to church because of you not because of me but because of you you can go out and make a difference these guys are under attack I mean people are like don't they're, they're in trouble because they're sharing the gospel that's why they're in trouble. They're not in trouble because he stole, they did something wrong. They're in trouble because they shared the good news that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again for their eternity. That's why they're in trouble. And the Bible says that once they got in trouble, they stopped telling people about Jesus. No, they didn't do that. They kept on going. They left there. They were going to Thessalonica, like, yo, we're going to keep on going. From Thessalonica, they went over to Berea. Like, they like us a little bit more in Berea. They're not, the rock's at Berea. They're a little bit smaller, so we're not afraid to tell the gospel. They share the gospel out of Berea. And then when they got kicked out of Berea, they went from Berea, they went to the Athens. And after the Athens, I don't know where else, they, oh, they went to, they, t- they got some girls with them because they needed, they needed a squad. They were going to meet some more girls. And they went to Corinth. Corinth was wild. Corinth was like nuts. It was like spring break Daytona. Like, Corinth was wild. Was, they were, they were, they were bad. Current day was wild. They was doing some stuff you shouldn't do in Corinth. They walked in, they're like, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I think they picked up some women to go with them. Priscilla and Aquila, they went because I think the reason why is because they were doing some heavy ministry to some ladies there. They're like, yeah, you need this, you need this. You need a lady to latch on to. Some of you guys are here ladies in your day. You need a lady to latch on to. Some of you guys here some of you dudes, You need a dude to latch on to. You need some people. You can make a difference. You can make a difference here's your invitation you can make a difference everyone has an invitation to make a difference the question is what are you gonna do with it we have a mission it's the love it's our mission is to love all people at all times and all places we got a vision people want people to know god find freedom discover purpose make a difference we made sure that was memorable memorizable memorizable memorable remarkable it was incredible all the things but we have a culture here I want to give you two culture statements. I want to invite the band to come up. Here's the first culture statement. The first culture statement is this we do work here. <laughs> we do work. We are not afraid to work here. I mean, so many guys, I want to be a pastor. I'm like, you're lazy. Don't, don't do that. You're lazy. This is hard work. My buddy said to me, he goes, we're, we're out hanging out. He goes, dude, are, are you okay? Are you tired? I'm like, yeah, this is hard work. I, but I signed up for this. I asked him, I left my counselor, I left my counselor today. I'm like, what are you doing the rest of the day? He goes, I'm in counseling rooms from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I'm like, you're gonna need a counselor after. I'm done with you. That's for show. Nine to nine. He said, it's okay, I signed up for this. We do work here. That's what we do. We have the opportunity to make sure people don't go to hell. We do work here. We're not afraid to work. We work hard. We go as hard as we possibly can. We do work. The reason why we do work, because the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do. Whatever you do, work willingly. It gets better as though you are working for God. I don't know about you, today. I'm not working for no man. It's impossible to please man and God at the same time. I'm trying to please the Lord. If you please the Lord, you'll please your boss. I promise you that. If you walk in there and scrub that floor today or you sweep that floor like you were doing it for Jesus, if you walk in church, you walk into your job tomorrow and act like God was your CEO or CFO or whatever FO, whatever you work for, I guarantee your boss will be like, yo, this guy is different. Oh yeah, he knows Jesus. He he's saved. He ain't trying to get a, he ain't trying to get the overtime when he works a, a minute over. He's gonna go and let that go. He's making a difference. Oh that guy, he's different. Oh she oh oh she doesn't do she just doesn't she's she's different. She's one of those Jesus followers. She's making a difference. I'm going to work willing at whatever I do is I'm working for the Lord. It's impossible to please all of you guys at the same exact time anyways. One of our other cult, culture statements, we talked about that last week, is I aim to please God. If I aim to please God, and Frank aims to please God, and my dad aims to please God, and you decide to aim to please God, we're all going to get along really, really, really well. When I get threats from people or little Snide little things or sub tweets about me. Here is what I know: It is, I'm, I'm working for the Lord. I signed up for this. I'm not gonna let that take me down. Because if that takes me down, I'm gonna miss an opportunity to help some other guy out, help some other lady out, to make a difference. I'm not letting anybody. I'm not letting people drag me down. I don't work for people. I work for the Lord. That's who I work for. And, and the, can we go back to that verse? I like. I really like that verse because it says this. Remember, the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Jesus Christ. If you make God your master today, then He has to deal with all the other things. I don't have. There's a lot of things I don't have to worry about. You don't want to know why? Because God runs my finances. If I have more, it's because of God. We believe in abundance at our church. One of our cultural statements: we believe in abundance, not just enough. Well, I don't, it's easy for me to be generous because God brings increase if I, he doesn't bring the increase so I can't be generous but if he brings increase I'm, to, I'm able to be generous I've never had the opportunity there's not many times where if he says hey do this I, I, I have to say no because if he tells me to do it he's going to provide me with the resources to go out and do it is God in charge of your life are you working for, are you working for the man or are you working for the Lord the one who made the man. I don't know about you guys, but I want to, I'm so thankful I'm working for the Lord. It makes it really easy. I want to please God. He's worthy of being pleased. And here's the second thing. We empower people to use their God-given gifts, talents, and abilities. Some of you guys in here today, well, let me help you out. Everyone raise their hand, just for just whichever hand you want to raise. Some of you guys are like, yo, I went to a Pentecostal church today. Everyone raise their hand. All right, put your hands down. Every single one of you guys today, you have a gift or talent and ability. You just raise your hand. Every single one of you guys. 100% of you guys here, you have a God-given gift, talent and ability. And here's the thing. My gift's not your gift. And aren't we so thankful for that? Some of you guys, if you had a gift here for five minutes, you'd throw up. But if I had to sit in your shoes, that'd be hard for me. But you've been given a talent and gift and ability. I don't have that. I can't do what these guys do. I mean, I can do it, but it just won't be good. It's not God-given. It ain't God-given. That's for show. It'd be like, I just—you gotta do what God's called you to do. You have a God-given gift, talent, and ability. Every single one of you guys have one.